from the banks of the Avon, welcome to Black Sheep Rebranded, the place where you never have to worry about fitting in or being accepted. All are welcome. The voice for that black sheep in all of us is Rick Sherwood. Here, he shares his views on today's issues. Everything. Nothing is off limits. His insights come not only from his years as a psychotherapist, but also his many life experiences. Do you have something that you want to hear his take on? Find us on Facebook, where Black Sheep Rebranded. Email Rebecca at rstherapygroup.com Rick at rstherapygroup.com Or visit our website at blacksheeprebranded.ca And now, here's Rick. I wonder what he'll talk about today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. How are you today? In this age of wedding season, quote-unquote, the time of year that people tie the knots of love and, and of commitment, There are a lot of reasons why people get love and why people fall out of love and why love transitions. This beautiful song by Bat Medler This this song it it was played at at uh, one of the, the first weddings I ever remember going to, and I just and it always stands out for me, and, and it always transports me back in time to that wedding, and to the to the people who were singing. It was a live band. They did an unbelievable cover of it, and that song is such a beautiful, beautiful song that sort of brings together at that time in my life that early concept of of love love and songs and weddings again we are in that season that season where where we 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 are in love with the idea of being in love where we plan endlessly where we plan endlessly for for our futures, for what we think is going to be an endless love, something that will go on. This song. Jennifer Warren's Joe Crocker Up Where We Belong I hear this song It takes me back to my first wedding Because this was a song that was played at my first wedding Again It was planned To last To last a lifetime That's why people get married Right 
We also get married for financial reasons. We also get married for cultural. We get married for reasons that that far extend beyond what the the typical is. We get we get married in the province of Ontario the second you sign on the marriage license. A lot of automatic things occur. One of the very first things that occurs is all previous wills that you've ever created become null and void. And so um, things like that. Um, we also have when you have payments that are coming from annuities or from various types of insurances or whatever, they automatically transfer from spouse to spouse um, because of signing on that dotted line. And so you don't have to be from some far off land to, to get married for a lot of reasons beyond traditional love. But what we're talking about here is that still that season of love. And as a therapist, I am always asking people who come in for couples counseling, you know, they will say, we don't know what happened. And I can almost guarantee every single person who walks through my door that what happened was once the the planning, the, the year of planning or the two years of planning for the wedding, and once the endless hours of orchestrating what your vows were going to be and what the playlist was going to be. And I remember watching different people I've been married to agonize over playlists and agonize over various elements. And, you know, the unfortunate thing was is that the agonizing ended shortly after the wedding. The excitement of planning, the excitement of moving forward, the excitement of trying to create something incredible was so absolutely, completely and absolutely that was the be-all and end-all. And so unfortunately, when the music fades and when the music truly does fade away, often so does the love. And it and it fades away because people do not take the time to actually realize that if you want your marriage to end, then start putting your life on autopilot. And that's what I just said. If you want your marriage to end, you want your relationship to end, put your life on autopilot. Put it on autopilot and assume and presume that everybody is simply going to be there and everybody is going to be there in this magical, beautiful way that you expect them to be and it and it's just going to be magic forever and ever. Well, hate to say this, folks, but it's not going to be. It's not going to be magic and it's not going to be forever and ever when we put our lives on autopilot. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by autopilot? What do I mean by putting our lives on autopilot? Well, what I mean is that all too often what we do is we spend this time and this energy going through our life and assuming that now that the wedding bands are on, 
I can just do whatever it is that I that I want to do. I I don't need to fear losing my partner because they are married to me and so therefore I have them forever. Nothing's going to change. That love is is going to be there forever. Just pause and think about that for a second. Like I said, when the music fades, when the year or two years of planning for the wedding, and for some people, they've been planning their wedding from the time they were much younger. They were simply waiting for the right person to come along. They always had these dreams of being married on a ship or being married at a destination somewhere or being married on an island or they always had these dreams and these hopes and they put them out there and they put out this agenda. I will be married by 27. I will be married by 28. I will have my first child by 30. I will have my first uh, child and then it will be followed by a second child within two years. And it is again, it's amazing how many people set these agendas up and they don't actually stop and say, wow, How's my partner doing with all this stuff? Is any cha anything changing within them? It's a beautiful moment. It's scary as hell for people when, when they're sitting uh, in, in, in the office. But it is a beautiful moment for people when they are looking at their partner and they realize they could potentially lose their partner. And when they feel that, when they feel that fear, often their attitudes change, their perspectives changes, what they are feeling, what they are wanting changes. Because what they, they are looking at is, I need to actually be real here. I need to be honest. When I'm doing separation agreements, which when we're mediating these out, they are all about dollars and cents. They are all about the economics of life. They are all about anything and everything other than love. The wedding, the wedding is all about love. The, the time in between either when somebody passes away, separation, divorce, and the day you get married, that time in between, if you have an agenda... And your agenda is, I'm making money. So therefore, since I'm the one making money, my partner should be happy. Or I'm at home with the kids, therefore my partner should be happy. Or I didn't do any number of things, therefore my partner should be happy. Because my partner should be happy does not mean my partner will be happy or is happy. People change. One of the things that I, I, I try to do is, is try to come up with some simple, easy ways for, for people to stop and analyze and look at and to reflect on their lives and to reflect on how to make something work. If you're in a relationship, whether you're married, whether you're in a common law relationship, anything in between, if you're not willing to continuously, forever, every day, risk emotionally being vulnerable, physically being vulnerable, sexually being vulnerable, and financially being vulnerable, your marriage is, or your relationship is either already done 
or it's going to be done soon. What I mean by emotionally vulnerable, all of these go back to rejection. So emotionally, being willing to be silly, being willing to be yourself, being willing to be who you are. And if you're not willing and able to do that, to be emotionally and, and truly emotionally vulnerable, then there's, there's already a huge problem in the relationship and or the relationship has already ended and nobody's ever said anything. Physically, if you aren't willing to be vulnerable, put yourself out there to do things, to sacrifice your time, your energy, and truly your energy for your partner, it's not likely a very healthy, happy relationship. Sexually being vulnerable, this one always catches people. People think, oh my God, if you're going to be sexually vulnerable, what does that mean? Oh my word. No, it doesn't mean, you know, doing weird or, or, or unorthodox things. What it means is being willing to be rejected. I can't say this any more simply. Sexually vulnerable means you are willing to ask, be rejected, not be destroyed by it and go, you know what? I, I can live and I can grow. This is truly sexually being vulnerable. And again, financially. Financially being vulnerable does not mean that you are the one spending money endlessly or foolishly. What it means is that, again, you are willing to have the hard conversations to say no, yes, plan, strategize, but actually have the conversations where rejection of your ideas is possible and you're willing to actually go, wow, I need to look at this a little bit differently. Those four things, those are the four things that are going to make your marriage last for decades and hopefully to death and hopefully eternally after. Being vulnerable to rejection. Being vulnerable to rejection physically, sexually, emotionally, and financially. These are the hard conversations that the people stay away from. And so, as with that very first wedding that I went to and I heard that Bette Medler song, it, it was a beautiful wedding. And I can say, um, as far as I understand, they're, they're still married and that marriage was uh, a very long time ago. Um, I'm going to say 40 some years ago. They've had their, their rocky moments. They've split. They've got back together. They've had their, their trials and tribulations. But the one thing that they have done is they've learned to have those difficult conversations about those four things. Emotionally, physically, sexually, and financially. Being rejected by the other person. Accepting the rejection as they disagree. And they are allowed to disagree. Disagreeing also doesn't mean that you come back and badger the hell out of your partner. Equity and equality in, in relationships is also so crucially important. And they also come back to that sense of vulnerability. And if you are looking at your partner as they are the one and only savior for all things in your life, they are your finances, they are your transportation, they are your meal planning, they are everything. There is a really good chance that person's going to end up feeling used. And so 
in this age of weddings, in this age of doing things, of being vulnerable, like I said, we live in this this time of year where we we spend all of this time being in relationships, hoping to be in relationships, doing the things that we can in relationships. And we live, unfortunately, predominantly in a fantasy, in a fairy tale. And that fairy tale is the planning out the wedding, the planning out that it will just be bliss. And you stop planning, you stop discussing, and you stop understanding. I've had people who, after a number of years, say, you know what? I have the kids I want. I have the house I want. We don't have to have sex anymore. And their partner goes, what? What? I, I didn't understand. And again, because what they did is they had their agenda, they had their plan, they had their idea, they mapped it out, and that's what they did. We have people who, well, now that we're married, all of our money is my money, and I can spend it however I want. No. No. Again, there's, there's, there's no risking, and there's no risking being rejected. I sat with a couple in January, and... And I, and I truly was astounded by the fact that they had these ridiculous agendas that when, when the one was pushed a little bit, he said, yeah, it's a foolish idea. Yeah, I disagree. Yeah, it's not right. But never wanted to actually risk rejecting and disagreeing with his wife. Because his wife ruled everything. It's not the way that the world should be and not the way that the world in a healthy relationship is going to be. So again, in this age of love, Ed Sheeran. Who we love. If you look at the words, if you actually really look at the words of this song, it is beautiful lyrics. No different than the lyrics written by, and I'm actually not sure who, whether it was Bette Midler or somebody else who wrote that song that, that Bette Midler put out in the 70s. But the fact is that the lyrics for these songs are sometimes written in half an hour. They are sometimes written quickly. They are sometimes written over months. And just like the wedding, they are planned. They are created. And unfortunately, what happens is we stop planning. We stop planning and we stop living and we just go on autopilot. We now have a ring on our finger. We now have somebody living with us. We don't live every day fearing losing that person. And I don't mean fearing to the point where we are laying awake at night, but truly understanding that that person can leave us and will leave us. And if we don't put the energy in every day to remind that person that we are loved 
and that we are doing what we can for each other and that we are truly pulling things together, the marriage will end. And for somebody who has married for almost 25 years, and then I had an extremely brief second marriage. I have a great friendship out of my third marriage, but it is still not a marriage because there is no risk. Perhaps the fourth one there will be. Perhaps there won't be. Maybe there won't be a fourth one. I don't know. But what I do know is that just like the lyrics for this beautiful song, Who We Love, Bette Midler's, or Up Where We Belong. Take the time to understand that when the music fades, the real work begins, and the real bonding should be happening every day by checking in with the other person and going, how are you today? How are we today? Have a wonderful day, folks. Hopefully this has given you some things to think about. And as always, we thank you very much for tuning in and uh, liking us on Facebook and following us on other social media. And uh, again, thank you. Um, you guys are making this such a beautiful journey. Take care. Thanks again for everybody here at Black Sheep Rebranded, from everybody that uh, makes this show a success, and most importantly, thanking you, our listeners, our, our listeners from around the world. We cannot thank you enough. And so please, again, for those who are struggling with mental health, please reach out and, and talk to somebody. Hopefully these podcasts have given you some hope and some, some ways to approach life a little bit differently. For the people who are simply enjoying the show, we appreciate those people as well. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on uh, Instagram, follow us on social media, follow us on uh, wherever you can find us. And, and yes, I say Instagram, we aren't there quite yet, but we are getting there. And again, please like us, follow us, and uh, give us your feedback. We really, we can't do this show without you, and we can't thank you enough for it. And also, just keep in mind, the show is proprietary, so all the ideas uh, generated in this show and, and the concepts that are, are out there are ours. And uh, so please, respect them, respect yourselves, respect the planet, and uh, respect each other. Have yourselves a wonderful day, and again, thank you very much for tuning in to Black Sheep, and uh, we look forward to chatting again real soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.